episode. <laughs> like, like we're looking at the moon, and we know that we're both out there. Yeah. But there's like maybe a river separating, you know. Yeah, yeah. Salmon, we just need, like, we need to like connect it's dark to each other. And like salmon are like, you know, jumping in and out of the river. And it's like wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hello. Looking for artists. Hello. Hello. I am an artist. Dude, her voice is magical. Yeah. Everything about just like talking. Just. Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to be rude, but like, what happened? Oh, she just doesn't care about music anymore. Oh, man. I mean, it seems like, but that's cool. You know, like, people move on. Like, I respect that. I respect that because, like, she didn't let how everybody, like, probably everybody in her life and everybody not in her life in the world defined her and saw her as. She was just like, oh, yeah, that's not really me anymore. I'm just going to raise my kids and shit. And, like, yeah. that is fucking amazing. It It is amazing. You know, it's also amazing when you f- can find a world in which you do both. Yeah. Not putting it over the other. I'm just throwing that out there. Right. No, absolutely not putting it over the other. It's, yeah. It's just with, with, uh, with somebody who that has defined them, like, I just respect it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Like, what if like it, could I let, could even for me, like, I don't even have like a huge like fan base of people who are just like music is you, right? Uh, yeah, but uh, but for her who who like music is her and she's really good at it, and like, yeah, I'm sad as a consumer that she's not focusing on that anymore, but like, I'm not the most important person in her life, yeah, she is and her family, right? Right, that's fair. Yeah, so I mean, you know, Lauren Hill. If I ran into her, I'd be like, "I'd love for you to do music, but like, I respect that you're not." Okay, so before we get <clears throat> too deep into this episode, because you know, to be honest, since you've been here these last couple of days, which we'll get into, you maybe I don't put know, a, put I'm a not pin trying in to it. control anything, put a pin in it, bookmark it. Dude, oh, speaking of bookmarks, do you bend the page, or were you one of those like kids that had the bookmark? I just recently started bending pages. Yeah, me too. It was it's a pretty new thing that, yeah. that I decided was it's okay. It's a new chapter, uh, if you will. Uh, so one thing you said right before Ben pressed record, which thanks for asking um our permission. <laughs> uh you said, Is there anything I should know? And yes. it's this. Okay. Every episode of this is marked explicit. And it's because I live a co- a colorful life, and I don't. <laughs> I like I like painting with as many colors as possible. But if you know, I know you got kids. We were just talking about families, mm-hmm. and I would say you know, if there's a range of artists who stop doing their art for their kids, or the artists that can find a way to do both, you know, mm-hmm. have a family and follow their shape their craft, whatever. You're more on that side of you can do both. Absolutely. I've always yeah. been a um, I can have everything type yeah. of person, which is which is helpful and also not helpful. So do you want to have everything this episode and get that explicit box put under our uh, podcast episode, or do you want to keep it open to your kids being able to listen at any point in their journey? I am actually fine with my kids hearing cursing. Fuck um, yeah, dude. Yeah, so 
All so right. I, I'm probably either. I'm probably not gonna. I'm probably not gonna curse. Oh, dude. Sorry, I didn't mean to put you in that position, that, dude. They know me as that guy who curses now. Just flip it. You can just flip it. That was. I was just playing a character. Okay. Like that's, yeah. yeah. That's what. Some, that's how some people. Wait. This isn't. This isn't Michael Johnson. This is Michael Johnson. Mama Michael. <laughs> Mama Michael. This isn't my episode. Okay. We're already too deep into it. Okay. Thank you for listening. If you're here, you're awesome. And if you're not, you're still awesome. And tell people that you know that are awesome to listen because I want as many people contributing to this dialogue as possible. Thank you for listening. We True. have a very special guest, as always, but it feels like, and I'm going to keep saying it because it keeps proving itself true. Another, like, special just keeps topping the special. So, yeah. Thank you for being here. I'm going to give you a very half hearted drum roll and I'll have you <laughs> say your own name. Also, you can say your artist name if you want. I'm just throwing that out there. My name is Carl Cadwell. I go by Summer Dregs uh, as my musical artist moniker. Yeah. So if, you, if you're looking me up, Summer Dregs is what you're looking for, like the season, and then like Dregs, like the the bottom of your coffee cup. If you yeah, if you do a French press, it'll be you'll have Dregs at the bottom of it. Yeah, or if you don't properly filter your cold brew. True. Yeah. True. Or if your drip machine is broken, yeah. So get that maybe get that checked out if you uh, if you have dregs. And those are all specific like vibes of coffee, and you're a very specific vibe, right? Yeah, and I, I like you know I, I kind of waffled on on summer dregs whether I like it or not. I'm kind of stuck with it now, <laughs> but I do love that idea of like the leftovers of like mm-hmm. the most happy season. Yeah, man. Um. And not in like a depressing way, but in a kind of like uh, dreamy nostalgia kind of way. Dreamy nostalgia. Yeah. I think, you know, I've kind of been down the road of dreamy nostalgia and I like the whole brand, not your brand. I mean, the whole brand, the meta, the brand of dreamy nostalgia. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like I like it, but I also think it's just being able to accept what it is and like take with you what works. You know, yes. that's what I hear when I hear summer dregs as well. Not it's not only a season, but it's like the things in your life that root deeply enough that they can trail off into the moments of your life that may not be as nice as those memories, but having those times like was enough to change your life. Yeah, for some and, people and that's religion, it's music, it's surfing, whatever. Yeah, for those things that like really hold you together as a person, as like a being without you know, we've talked a lot about a lot about like disintegrating yeah. this this weekend, you know, like yeah. and and kind of this idea of of trying to hold yourself together in uh in a season where it's very easy to just like be and for me as someone who does like has a philosophy of like, yeah, I can have everything of like of like disintegrating into all the things that I'm doing, but still like holding myself together and holding myself is important. In the midst of that. Well, you know what? I'm probably going to repeat myself on this episode, so I'm just going to say it now just to get it out of the way. You have always been someone who inspired me. Just for context of, like, listeners, I grew up in the same city as Carl, Chattanooga, and um, I kind of grew up watching him do music, and he's always been a, like, kind of a point of inspiration for me. And it's not always been a thing of like, 
like I've been I've always been thinking about you in every right. stage of my life. <laughs> but it's it's funny and it's weird how like now I find myself in a pretty like active, consistent relationship with you, and I'm very grateful for it. Yeah, no, I've loved how it's how it's come together. I don't even remember how we got kind of connected on a musical level. I don't either. Um, but it, I just remember when we first worked on Inside Out, and it was one of the first relationships since I, since I had been in you know several bands and they had kind of disintegrated. And I've been doing producing things, basically producing music for other people, which I still do. Um, but I'm always kind of working for them. You know, which which I'm good at, and I actually really enjoy that kind of collaboration. Mm. But with you and with Paul and a couple of other people, where I feel like everything I do, you're like, yeah, that's it, that's the direction, and everything you do, I'm like, yeah, you just like leveled this song up like six levels. Like having that kind of relationship is special and something to really hang on to and nurture and explore. I uh, yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more. And I think it's because of, you know, we were touching on this idea earlier of when you surrender to the flow, then the project or the idea, and honestly, the general general overall vibe is Mm -hmm. better. Like when you surrender to the flow and not your idea of the way you think things should be. Right. And I had to learn that because as a producer sometimes, or an engineer, which I also do, um you want to be noticed and you want to contribute in a way that people are like, Oh yeah, that like that guy is contributing and it's very important that he's here. Uh, but sometimes that's not what's needed and that's not your role. And if my goal, my goal definitely as an artist has always been to create the best art, you know, for better or worse. Like I've been having to work on my marketing and business side of things. Like I'm always wanting to create good art and it's not about what I contribute it's about like, it's, or, or even like the perception of what I'm contributing. It's just like surrendering to that flow, like you were saying. Yeah. Um, when did you start like experimenting or when did music like first grab your attention? I had taken piano lessons uh, all through my childhood, but very specifically, a music teacher, James Ward, took me to see Herbie Hancock. Uh, when he was on his Headhunters reunion tour. What? Yeah, in Knoxville. And it just blew my mind. I was just like, I want to do that. Yeah. I want to do, just seeing them on stage, seeing them communicate through music and, and, and with the crowd and just all those relationships, like kind of like in this like wordless because it was fusion. So it was like, there's no singer or anything. But seeing that kind of communication and that connection, just I was just like, I want to be a part of something like that. So what'd you do from there, like right after that? Uh, I learned jazz piano. Um, but you were already taking piano at this point? Right, not jazz piano. Oh, um, okay, cool. So becoming untied from notes, from, uh, from like the paper, mm-hmm. was very important to me. Um, because what I wanted to learn about music at that point was how to communicate with other musicians through music, like through the actual sounds that we were making. Because um, a big part of fusion, as opposed to coming from classical, a big part of fusion is the is is texture, and not like the notes are important, but the texture and the actual sounds are very important. 
But you know, that makes me think of like, because I can't help to draw parallels. This is a consistent theme in LFA at this point mm-hmm. um, to theater. Yeah. And it's like improv, really. No, Where it's, it's it, like the structure is there, you know, the notes are there, but it's not as important as the texture and the relationships and what those relationships are providing. Right, exactly. Yeah. And I feel like as for me as a musician, that was, an, that was a great place to start. And it has definitely informed as I went from a, you know, touring musician to doing production work, uh, even though there's it's, you know, I'm not. I'm working in like pop and R&B and hip hop and and those kind of genres. So it's not as much like about instrumental improvisation. Um, But it is about like communication between all these pieces I'm trying to fit together and the, the vocals and the drums and, you know, something I was just working on with Ben is like the relationship between the kick and the bass. Right. Yeah. And like, you can think of that as in very sterile terms and it's like the kick is, doing this and the bass is doing this and they need to communicate but like it's also all about like creating that personality and and, and having that like and melding parts together um, you know Brian Eno talks about he's like people when they're listening to music really only can hear on a first listen two or three things but you can make those two or three things really deep if it's like the kick and the bass are the same thing and like you want those to be like the same thing that people hear, even though they're two separate instruments. Right. That's It's deeper than, like, nuance. Right. It's understanding. I used to have this um, image in my mind when I was in art class. I, I kind of, like, got into art in high school. Um, may, I think my mom just expected me to be a visual artist, mm-hmm. so I just always was, like, sketching and drawing. Yeah. And I enjoyed it, but I wasn't, like particularly like gifted like no one was like yo you know that johnson kid (laughs) yeah he's a drawer yeah said nobody right but uh it's fun you know but i always would think like even with my best doodles or sketches it wasn't quite perfect but i could see like how every page it has the lines on it Mm -hmm. that i want to be shown or that I want to like draw on. It's just whether or not I find it on this pass. And I think like just being like all it is to pursue a craft is doing those sketches over and over and over and over again until you can start to see those lines more clearly when you, when you begin a project, like that's just you, you know, whether it's developing the understanding of the relationship to pen to paper or right. it's you know how to capture sound and then how to shape it. Yeah, a thousand percent. Like I, I often say, like I'm not. I don't think I'm particularly gifted as a musician. Like it, what in me makes me be a musician is not necessarily that there's like a musician inherently inside of me, but I am an obsessive person, and I happen to get into music at a time and that I was young, and so people are like, "Wow, you're really good." for your age and that encouraged me to keep doing it. And then I kept doing it out of this like false thinking I was good at it until I was good at it. Yeah. That's why it's, I think that's is why it's harder to start instruments and stuff later in life. Cause people aren't as encouraging. Oh yeah. They're like, you're how old? Yeah. And that's how it sounds. Yeah. 
Okay. <laughs> but that but that's wrong. Like, yeah. you know, it's it's like, you know, it, people get started when they're young because people get impressed more easily. And that impression can, like, encourage you. Um, so. I mean, I like learning new skills. Mm-hmm. And part of a skill, like, one of those skills that I am learning is the skill of learning new skills. Yeah, and I think that's something about... Um, about continuing to grow and continuing to, to do music in the face of, you know, cause a lot of people I know who are my age have stopped doing music once they have kids and families. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like we were saying at the top, like I totally like respect that. That's like yeah. really cool. Um, but what has kept me going, what has kept like you going is that like, we want to keep exploring and keep learning, keep doing things that maybe at the beginning we're not good at. Cause we know that feeling of, once you get it and it's like, oh my gosh, like I'm a new person. Like I grew like a new limb. Like that's what it feels like. You know, yeah. like, I have another finger. Like that sounds yeah. gross, but also awesome. Well, it's like, um, it's kind of like alchemy in that it's the, it, it is the manifestation. Sometimes like the physical manifestation of a spiritual intention. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I believe that's what art, is and, yeah. and it should be um it's pretty nutso because you, you you realize like oh that thing that i'm reaching for in my mind or in my aspiration like i just achieved it so if that's true of this scenario what other areas of my life can i do this in right yeah and i i love that about um you know i i feel like this weekend too we've talked a lot about like what how to describe art in general like what it is and I, I love uh, Nietzsche's description where, you know, on the one hand, you have this spirit of like, he called it the Dionysian spirit, which is like, just like a pure experience with no form, which is kind of like what life is, right? Our, life, our lives are like this series of experiment of uh, experiences, or like you were saying, um, what you were saying? Uh, like trips. Yeah, like trips. Like there's just these this collection that we start to collect inside of our bodies and like, but they're formless and they're kind of like these balls of like emotions and like little snatches of story. Yeah. And then there's Apollonian spirit, which is like very much like structured. Like that's where we get stories from. And that's why we tell stories in a certain very structured way with like three acts or five acts, whatever the format is. Right. And art is somewhere in between there. It's where we take that like formless experience and communicate it in an organized way it's kind of like bringing i'm not trying to make like a christian (laughs) parallel do it but it is kind of like you know bringing heaven down to earth it's it's like you seeing something that's at the end of the road something that 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 you know that you trust that you feel is whole and makes sense to you like yeah and it whether it's an experience or a feeling and you try to bring that back down to other people that exactly. have their own collection of these experiences or trips, and you're trying to like meet, you're trying to like connect with that. Yeah, it's really, it's really, really wild. Yeah, and and I try to bring those concepts c- concretely into my music. Your music. Yeah, I started I started doing beats uh, with this guy in Chattanooga named Rock Floyd, mm-hmm. who does a, a lot of. Uh, work with uh, with with a couple rappers in Chattanooga, and 
one thing that he does, and I don't know if, I don't think he would describe it this way, but we work a lot with tape loops, which he'll use like old tape from like thrift stores and he'll, he'll like loop it. So that's exactly 110 BPM or whatever BPM. So he's like seven and a half inches. That's 110 BPM or whatever. So it's like, beats per minute for people who aren't musicians. <laughs> it's a certain speed. Yeah. And, and so you have all this, the tape has already been used. So it yeah. has all these like memories and like all this like stuff on it. And then we kind of randomly put stuff on it until we find something we like. So it's this kind of chaotic random thing. But then when you put a beat, like a more typical kind of like trap rap beat on top of it, it gives it a little bit of structure for someone to like use it in their, in their art and their music. And that's like a very concrete, I feel like, illustration of like that Dionysian Appalachian like meeting. I, yeah. And I also think depending on what tapes you're using from what time, mm-hmm. going back to a conversation we had off mic <laughs> is cultural appropriation and assimilation. Yeah. Which isn't inherently capitalistic it isn't inherent. No, it is not inherently capitalist. So there's an example, right, where it doesn't always have to be capitalism at the end of the road. Right. It doesn't have to be capitalism as in you're just profiting off of somebody else's work. Art. Or art, yeah. Art, yeah, or art. Well, I'm saying, like, I think in all, in, of all the fields, art would be the field where you see that exemplified the most, I think, or I would like to believe. Right. That it, and, and even sometimes that's forced. Yeah. You know, by circumstance or by, by necessity, you know, like actors, just part of being an actor is being okay with um, doing work for free. Mm-hmm. And w- it's not about like, would you, do you want to get paid? Like, yeah, but you will also sign on to doing a month, a month and a half long project without the promise of pay because you want to bring your culture in mix it with another person's yeah and that's sort of like learning and, and collaboration um you know like with everything i feel like it's it's a it's a balance yeah yeah and for sure. you, you have to maintain a perspective that's yours right i think yeah yeah i mean it's a it's a but like that sort of communication and the, the appropriation i think you know aspect is like that's what it has to be is a communication yeah it, it's not just like Oh, this person's doing something cool, so I'm gonna do that. But it needs to be like a communication between your yourself and this and this other, um, you know, place that you're not necessarily familiar with. Um, um, a different. Uh, yeah, it has to be a, a relationship. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that word keeps bouncing around in our airspace these last couple of days. Like, just relationships, relationships. I think it's interesting. So you went from like uh, jazz piano. Mm-hmm. When did it get digital? When did it get weird and like? Basically, when I started, um, I just basically with each progressive project got more and more involved with on the uh, recording side of things. And as I started messing with it, I started doing some of the production work. I started doing some of the mixing work, and I was just like, "Oh wow, this is like." I love this part of it. I love the refining part of it hmm. and kind of the, the act of taking all these pieces and putting them together in a way 
that is going to communicate the best. Um, I like doing that with other people's art, which is like a lot of my job um, as a producer. And I like doing it with, with my own as well, even if it's collecting all these pieces of my life and of my musical experience and putting them together in a new way, you know, to communicate that, that kind of, that aspect of it is just very exciting and invigorating to me. Yeah. And since you've been here, I've noticed that you're always like looking at interesting things on like these websites where you're like, yeah, it's just like a conglomeration of like cool, like photos and albums or like cool ideas. I just, I just see you like, like just exposing yourself to things like you're going to museums, you know, right. You're down to just walk and look. And I think that that's kind of mirrored or reflected or just something that smacks you in the face when you listen to your music is that it's coming from all these different flavors. It's like different worlds, different moments, different. Yeah. It's, it's that whole idea that we're, even when we were writing together, like that idea of digestion and of how I like, I love um, talking about the gut as being the center of like emotions as opposed to the yeah. heart. Yeah. Like I love the gut as, as like, um, this is like your gut decides what is going to become a part of you and what you're going to like crap out, you know? Yeah. And what, what decisions you're going to make, like even down to what foods you're going to be more likely to grab off the shelf. Right. And we know now that like your gut actually affects your brain more than your heart or like so many yeah. other things. And there's, yeah. but your gut is also made up of all these things that are not you. Like there's all these microbes in there. And like they're more, they may be more you than like you are. Like, right. Are you a vessel for them or are they a vessel like for you? Right. Absolutely. And that's why I loved, you know, I was saying when I was coming up to New York, I was like, Actually, there's like food, which is which is like I'm excited about. So like that's like my actual physical gut. But then I love going to museums, which is something that uh, my wife introduced me to. Like I'm not I know nothing about visual art, but I know when something hits me and it's very special. You know, with music, I, I, my mind automatically goes to, OK, what's happening here? Like what uh, compressor are they using or like what? uh what chord structure is this that's like really affecting me? But with painting and with sculpture, I kind of just have no idea what's going on. But when it hits me, it hits me, right? And that's, it's, it's in a way a more pure experience. Yeah. Where I can, where it's, there's nothing for me to be like analyze. The only thing I can think about is like how it hits me. Yeah. Okay. So like, let's say you're in a museum. And you just kind of, you're walking and then bam, boom, you get hit. Mm -hmm. What do you do? Like, do you, do you collect those moments and then approach a project? Or do you ever see projects like in a, in kind of like a flash? I rarely see projects in a flash. I try to keep those kind of experiences um, as an experience, as like not try to, I don't ever really like, translate visual art into music right but i let the experience of like that of of the impact that the visual art had on me i let that kind of like you know like talking about the gut like seep into me and like be a part of me and something that i can draw from um with music when i'm creating i will 
create playlists of like inspirations for certain songs. Um, Man, and when you did that, that was so helpful for this session. Like, it, it, it just clarified like what it was weird to have someone else clarify what I was thinking. Like, <laughs> yeah, like help me say what I was trying to like feel. Help me feel what I was trying to feel and say what I was trying to say. Man, really that strange. is like so great to hear. Oh yeah, I mean, like you sent me the one for green light, and before I even opened it, you know how you can see, like the four, like four right, album, album covers. covers yeah. I knew which songs like you picked <laughs> off of the albums. I knew. I was like, it has to be "What About Me." You yeah. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that was like kind of freaky and satisfying and comforting and um, isolating and. <laughs> no, it was like, but it was like all of it, and it was really great, very helpful. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of what yeah, it's my job as a as a as a producer. Yeah, I mean this. Yeah, you kind of like are helping me bring things to my attention that are kind of kind of ha have always been there. But when you turn the in magnifying glass to it, and you're like, oh, this is something that you can use, right? Like well, I, I don't having know. a reference song. Right, and and I think that people can get kind of freaked out about that stuff, and it's like, oh, are you trying to like replicate that song? And it's like, well, no, but it's good to be in like a headspace, um, and you know, for some people that really does throw them, and they will actually start just copying the songs. Um, yeah, and you got to know who you're working with, right? Sure. But also, like, if someone has their own personality, it's probably just not going to happen that, or their own musical personality, it's not going to happen that they're going to start accidentally copying. One of those songs because they don't want to, right? Yeah, and, and I was just talking to someone else who was a an entertainment lawyer, and they're like, "Oh man, like you know, there's these art this this artist or a couple artists that are like struggling with their identity, and like you have such a strong musical personality, like maybe I should send them to you." And I was like, "My job is to bring out people's personalities, like their musical personality. Like people who are bad musicians can have great personalities, so just." get that out of the way but like i'm just saying like if if you're not bringing a musical like perspective or or personality to the table like it's just gonna be like my song i guess but you know i, I want to work with people that that like challenge me and that like bring me something something fresh to 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 do to work with me too bro yeah can bro. we clink i'll clink my water clink. I'm trying to do less plastic. Oh, is that a reuse? You're reusing. Yeah, that like bottle? I'm losing and you're winning. <laughs> Even though I think I'm winning with the liquid I'm drinking, you are because you're drinking gasoline. <laughs> <laughs> so gross. For the yeah, listeners, I, whatever you had in your uh, in your fridge, I guess you keep gasoline in your fridge. That's cool. It was in your writer. True. Here's the lighter, bro. Be careful. <laughs> Yo, have you ever been to um like a legit circus? Yes, I have. Dude, what how for okay, two questions. Okay. Like, you know, you see someone doing something crazy up high and you're like, that's scary, but I get it. I don't necessarily get it, but yeah. Well, you get like the the mechanics of it. Like you can do that if you're skilled, but why would you do that? Sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. How? How? Do people swallow swords type of thing? How? Are you asking me? Yes. How <laughs> do people put gasoline in their um, mouth 
and then put a big old flame up to their lips and then blow it and then their whole like belly knot explode. I don't know. I feel like that probably happens sometimes. Right? I mean, I don't know. I'm not an expert on circuses, but I feel like probably some people get really burned doing that. Right? Yeah. That's actually a place that I've never allowed my mind to go to. You keep doing this to me. <laughs> Last night we watched uh, while we were in the what we do in the what shadows. we do in the shadows. I get the day wrong. I think it's part of my brain being like, forget it. It was too much. Yeah, it was a lot. I loved it though. Well, yeah, and and uh, you know to take this back to to art and like Please why, do. why I because like I made you watch that, right? Well, you rented it. Yeah. Well, you I know, couldn't find it for free, and I was like, screw it. Like I'm gonna rent it because I want. Michael, to see this movie right now. I wanted to see it, but I could tell that you wanted me to see it, and the pizza was getting cold. So I was like, <laughs> this dude wants to watch this movie, so we're watching it, dude. It was great, though. So what what do you, what are your thoughts on the movie? I think and that... And how it relates. Yeah, so it, it, it's like ostensibly a... Well, I mean, it is a mockumentary, and it's a comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and the... the mm-hmm. Like, what it's working with is, like, just silly, right? It's these vampires living in uh, New Zealand... And it's just like their lives. And like the first scene is them arguing about who's going to do the dishes. Right. Yeah. They're a bunch of vampires. And then they're like, you look at the dishes and they're all like covered in human blood. Yeah. <laughs> right. Which is like funny, but also really dark. Well, it's funny. Like the, like you saying it and you, but when you see it and when you see it done in the way that it's executed, it's like very dark. Right. And, and it's not like human blood. It's like human blood. Yeah. Yeah, like you see people die in gruesome ways. But I I like the idea that it's like the silly premise that when taken to its logical conclusion is actually kind of like dark. And there are these moments in between like these like hilarious scenes where someone's like, a vampire is like, do you actually know what it's like to live for hundreds of years and see everybody you love die? Like in multiple generations. And I think that what I like about that kind of stuff is that it doesn't try to separate out too much all the different aspects of life. And I like when there's, I like when there's art, which is very dark, but it it has like some humor to it or something like that. That's really funny. But like, it's like, there's no aspect of life, which is just one thing, which is just great or just easy or just, bad or just dark yeah well i mean yeah i think that's huge i think that's everything they're going to school for acting one of my teachers kept saying um comedy unlocks the pain laughter unlocks the sadness Mm -hmm. and watching that movie it was true because the moments that i really had to like you know when you're watching something and you go, <laughs> and then like, then like literally two minutes later, you're like, huh, right? Shit. Wow, you know. And those those were the moments, like the moments that got me thinking. The moments I was making like connections, personal connections, literary connections, whatever it is, um, cultural connections. I, it were right after like laughter, and a lot. And it's weird because some of the laughter was like universal some of the laughter was very specific some of the laughter was very dark 
Right, because it it does it does have like slapstick. Yeah, it has like situational. It has character driven things. It it it's a, yeah. I think it's a a brilliant movie. I do too, man. I mean, there wasn't a second where I didn't want to watch it. Like my eyes weren't drifting at any point. Also, anything that doesn't follow the classic, like I don't know if you did this as an actor, but have you read uh, Save the Cat? No. Okay, so it's basically like this. Man, I had to read it for my book club. Shout out to my book club. Hey. Um, but it's kind of basically a manual for writing scripts. And almost every major hit movie has followed this manual. And there's like something like 17 beats in it that you have to hit, which most movies do hit. Uh, and it's in like a three act format, but with 17 beats. So anyways, save the cat. Oh, I've heard about the beat. I've heard about the split and like the structure of it. Yes. I just didn't know it came from a specific source. Yeah. It came from that. Speci- it came from save the save cat. The cat. Yeah. Um, all that, that to say, I appreciate art wild. that can still communicate, but can like break those formulas that we're used to. Mm-hmm. Um, cause that's, it's, it's, you know, you're always looking for that Goldilocks zone where you're familiar enough that people understand what's happening, but it's novel enough to like communicate in a new way and catch you off guard. Because that's human that's the human experience. Because ultimately, like kind of like what we heard the speaker say today, mm-hmm. we're always surrounded by people, yet we experience it alone. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's like the art that is able to make you feel an experience, I think, is like the art that it's like those are the moments you're aiming for. Because yeah. nothing is one level. Because when things are one level, the theater of it is kind of revealed, is right. exposed. Right, absolutely. Yeah, and it's not even about suspension of disbelief. It's like, this is not real. It doesn't apply to my life, but I like it anyway. Fuck it. I'm going to get a big Twilight tattoo on my back. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, yes, there are are, like messages. There are things to be said about Twilight, but it's not like Space Odyssey. Right. (laughs) Space Camp. Have you yeah. ever seen Space Camp? I saw that when I was like in high school. Is that the one where like the kids go into space by accident? Yeah, dude. Yeah, that is messed up. Like it's messed up. That is so messed up. To think that did NASA okay that? Like they were like, oh, we made a mistake and sent children into space. No, I think what they did is like part of this space camp was they had to practice on the simulators. Right. And I think they thought they were on a simulator. And it was the real thing or something, you know. Well, I'm saying is, did the real NASA approve that movie? Like, could did was well, I meant in the storyline? No, no, I meant in the like, did NASA IRL? Do they have to? I guess not, but still, like, you don't want to be like, like, I don't know, like if someone ma- writes a story about a dude who like makes a rocket, do they have to okay it by like, you know, Tesla? <laughs> Elon, hey yo, Elon, can we make this? Maybe if they say his name, I don't know, because that specifically t- took place at space camp, which is a real thing. And what oh, if, fair. What, okay, like, what fair. if you want to send your kids to space camp, and you're like, well, I don't know now because maybe my kids are gonna get shot into space on accident by NASA. Can we do question of the day? 
Oh, yeah. I don't. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So question of the day. I, I either start it or end it with it. Question of the day. But, like, for some reason, I want to ask it right now. Go. Would you um, live underwater? Like, if society existed underwater, would you prefer to mm-hmm. have a, a society you could choose to enter into underwater? Or, like, we could freely travel to our surrounding neighboring planets? I don't know, man. I need this sun. That That's the first thing. When you say underwater, the first thing I think is, like, no sunlight. And I can't do that. The weather affects my mood, like, to no end. I can't emphasize how much the weather affects my mood. If it's sunny, I'm I'm like fine. If it's been cloudy for a few days, I I will probably be like, why am I doing music? Who are these people who are around me that said that they loved me? Like it's it's bad. That's okay. Yeah. So here's the thing. Let's assume if it's a world in which you can travel to the neighboring planets and there are like cities and things to do there you know Mm -hmm. it's not like we can do it but there's nothing to do like it is it is a thing in the universe right the universe of this scenario let's say then underwater they figured out some technology where it you feel like you're outside like Mm -hmm. i forget there was just like this movie what was it wally what was that like ring in the sky that they traveled to elysium Maybe. Is that the Elysium where like they like all the rich people live up live yeah, upstairs? Man. It's like upstairs, downstairs, but yep. like outer planet, inner planet. Yeah. Yeah. Is the guy who directed District Nine, one of the best movies really ever love made. Dis- District Nine. Again. It's great. Another movie which subverted the Saved the Cat. Uh although it did what it really subverted hmm. was the White Savior, right? It did. Yeah. Uh well, I really want to like talk about this for a second because I'm, I'm really passionate about District 9. Go. So, you know, the white savior thing is like Avatar or Dances with Wolves where there's somebody who needs to like, somebody from like, somebody white needs to like become a Native American or become a alien to save said Native American or aliens, right? Contact. Contact, absolutely. Like, that's kind of the like trope for all these like sci-fi movies and fantasy and Whatever Dances with Wolves was. I don't even know. Historical fiction? Oh. <laughs> but what is it actually like to become an oppressed minority? That's what District 9 explores and and like does a very good job of. And it's not pleasant. And it's not like, oh, now I'm gonna like I'm gonna lead these people because I'm like white. But it's like literally a white person becoming an oppressed minority alien. Like it like literally space alien. And it's hmm. not awesome. Yeah, like it deals with real yeah. shit. Yeah. What's the um um? I I I am your butterfly. I need your protection. What? <laughs> your life's a video game. I. Pre- I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about, bro. Oh, Enter the Ninja. I haven't seen that. You don't know Enter the Ninja? No. They're a group from South Africa. Enter the Enter the Ninja. Am I wrong? Does anyone know about Enter the Ninja? Yeah, it's Enter the Ninja, dude. So oh, there's like six people in this. Enter room the Ninja us. had a. I thought you knew them. Oh, D'Antwood. 
Mm. What's in- oh Enter the Ninjas the song? Thank you, the Antwoid. You yeah, know yeah, 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 yeah. So they had. Do you know their movie? With that I did weird not see, robot? but it's the same director. Yeah. No way. Yeah, it is. I'm well, he's South African right now, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he's uh, he's South African, and I, and that takes place in South Africa too, right? Because District District Nine also takes place in South Africa. It does. Again, another great thing is that the aliens landed in South Africa and not in America. Yeah. Well, as we were talking earlier, you know, speaking of taking the moon and crushing it into your hand, because we kind of all began as stardust. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do. Wait, what, what were mean. we just talking about? South. Oh, that's South Africa. That's you know where you know, cradle, right? Cr- cradle of mankind. That's know, where, where we started. Scientists are claiming we started as a species. Yeah. Interesting. Food for thought. That's right. Yeah. Food for thought. That's interesting. Food for thought. Right. You, food for thought. We're talking about the gut. Yeah. You got to have yeah. a good gut. You got to know what to take in, what to You like, got to know what expel. to take in and what to expel. Yeah. I think the shitting out part is something that um, I could get better at. Like In knowing, terms of filtering. In terms of filtering. Like, this mm-hmm. is not helpful for me. Don't fixate on this. Right. Yeah, that's that's like that's a learning curve that I feel like we all have. We got to learn like what's a health, you know, I went to a uh you know, a physical therapist for some like, you know, health stuff or whatever. And I was like, "Yeah, I've been stretching this out." And she was like, "Well, did it hurt?" And I was like, "Yeah, but it was, you know, it was like good kind of pain." And she's like, "Well, you know, like pain is often trying to tell you something. Like yeah. it's it's not always good." Yeah. You know, yeah. you need to learn to tell a difference between, like, a good pain and a bad pain. And and I feel like that in our lives, like, you know, it can be a subtle difference between, like, you know, she's like, those muscles that you're stretching actually just need to settle down. Like, the problem is, is that you're aggravating them. Hmm. But this muscle, this muscle you need to stretch and it needs to be a little bit painful. And so, like, and and she's like... I was like, that's, that's my life. And I was like, started crying and shit, but like, it's just, yeah, you got to learn yeah, the difference. Man. No. Yeah. Okay. So I, we did question of the day, which led to that beautiful little segment. Now for those that are listening and you heard me say binked, I'm getting binked. I, I dislike when I hear something and I'm like, what are you talking about? So a yeah. bink I was on the elevator a couple of days ago, and this man and his wife looked at me because I came out of this apartment that was obviously not mine, you know, <laughs> but they were really nice, and we were talking, and the man was just looking at me like um, like I just told him a secret that he knew, and he found out like probably like 20 years before me. Yeah, he was like, not like, not like anything... No, I'm just encouraging you. I'm just uh, well, wisdom, but just like, like a cheerful secret. Like we found a stash of chocolate, and I told him about it. He's like, right, know about that chocolate. (laughs) And he gave me, uh, he gave me this thing. He he reached into his blazer and said, "Here, this is for you. Take it." And I was like, "What is it?" He's like, "It's a, it's um, a curiosity rebooter." He had a really weird voice, actually. That's pretty much what he sounded like. But to respect the man, I'm not going to mimic him anymore. <laughs> but uh, he, he said choice. that he makes them. And as I was playing with it, I took my fingers off of it, and there was sawdust on the on it. 
I'm going to have you explain it because I also have a, a challenge for you. Okay. But um but he but he said it's a uh he he told me what it was and it just ended up being like a kind of a weird metaphor for like what I feel like my my life's been like about lately and uh so yeah, challenge of the day part 1 uh question uh like explain this explain what this is okay like if if you had to because you're all about you know auditory experiences (laughs) (laughs) so describe that perfectly thanks and then the second challenge is Mm -hmm. the thing about um stretching the muscles and letting some relax and others need to be strengthened tightened whatever yeah and how that related to your life right connect that to this after you explain it and tell us what it is okay (laughs) so if you that's right if you can imagine a cube uh and each face uh, there's no seams absolutely no seams in this cube it's it's obviously uh not something that's been put together it's something that's been fashioned uh and each side has a hole in it um and then but inside of this cube is a sphere that's just big enough that it does not fit through the holes. So you first see this thing and and like the first question, at least for me, that flashes in my mind is, well, how did that ball get in there? You know, because it's there's no seams in this. It obviously was never taken apart, but there's a ball in there that doesn't fit through any of these holes. There's no seams in the ball. It's and yeah. Uh you know, but pretty quickly you realize that this is uh, actually all one piece and that the ball was carved through the holes in the side of the cube, right? So we're already like two levels deep in this like very small little curiosity thing. Uh, then you're like, oh, okay, well, the, the, there's a ball in a cube, but then you're like, wait a second. Is there a ball in a cube or is this one thing? Because it was all fashioned out of one piece and the ball is separate from the cube, but, and they're made from the same material and they cannot be separated. If they were to be separated, you will have broken something. And I, th- I think that's, that's, that's kind of the, the, the question when it comes to like your experiences and your thoughts and and your culture and it's like what is is me and even talking about the microbes in your gut like if i had different microbes in my gut would i be a different person or would i that would like kind of inherently break something right so i don't know that that's that's the four levels of the bink well you know how you said you like to work with people who challenge you and push it like a couple levels yeah since this is my show and we're working together on this episode, I'm going to yeah. try to do that. All right, go. So the sphere is the same shape as a moon, which if you recall in our one of our sessions mm-hmm. past this weekend, yeah. We talked about putting like the moon like a planet in our hand and crushing it. Yeah. Probably to eat it. Right, exactly. Like, what else are you going to do after you crush it and eat it? But I was thinking, you know, the only way to get that ball out of there, which the the whole like puzzle of like how did that how did he do it? Like yeah. how is that a thing? You toss that aside. If you just want to get the ball out, 
Yeah. <laughs> like, you got to crush that box. What happens when you do that? Like, I've thought about, like, what would happen if I actually crushed that? That. That he gave me. Like, would something weird happen? Like, well, I, I think that mostly, you know, if there would be, like, very, very close to zero consequence for you crushing this box to the actual, like, physical world. But I think the more question is, like, how would you feel and how would you experience if you saw that, you know, man again? Um, or how would you even experience remembering him? You know, how would it change you? Because that's the only thing that would really change. And I don't mean only as if it's insignificant, because that is the most significant thing, like that relationship that you have to that memory and to that man and to this object. I mean, that's that's the more interesting human question. Yeah, you just nailed it. You just brought, <laughs> you just brought heaven down to earth. Yeah, you just, you kind of, uh, yeah, you helped me to uh, understand something that was just kind of like given to, like put in my life. Yeah. It's kind of cool. But again, it's about a relationship. It's about your relationship to this object and to that experience and memory. I still um, may crush it. Well, I will be interested to hear how that feels. What if there's something in the middle of that ball? <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Like um, chocolate. Yeah, well, it actually remind that that actually reminds me of the um, of the episode of the podcast that uh, Julie just recorded that I listened in on. Oh yeah, what did they do? What movie did they do? Seven. How did it? How does it remind you of it? There was a reference to a SpongeBob episode in which um, Patrick and uh, SpongeBob are playing with a box, and they're playing with this this box and every time they open it they look at what's inside and they laugh at it and squidward sees him doing this and he's like what is in that box like i have to find out he's going <laughs> insane yeah. and just like what is happening every time they look at this box and every time you know, like obviously he spoiled the entire episode and like every time they look at it they just like they're just like laughing hysterically and squidward opens the box and it's like a piece of string <laughs> and he's just like he's just like what <laughs> i love spongebob and and it's and it's it's perfect uh but then yeah. you get the one two punch because what you find out is that if squidward which he did not do would have like pulled like picked up that piece of string and actually like examined it he would have seen that it was connected to a hidden compartment in which it was a picture of him being really silly and that's what they're laughing at the entire time. Wow, dude. I remember that episode, but not that detail. That's hilarious. Yeah, so that kind of like one two that kind of one two punch in in art where it's like, oh sh I get it. Yeah. But then like you're like, oh my gosh, but there's something else in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, that's what uh what we do in the dark. What we do in the shadows. Yeah. Dude. Oh, and oh. They just big brained me. One thing that my mind went to when you said what we do in the shadows was mm -hmm. like, you know, doing some things like, you know, drugs. No, nah, like, you know, where you're like, Sex? Wah, 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 wah. and you're like, you know, you're up at, you're, you're in your bed at night and you're like, 
you're like kind of you're younger. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Imagine yourself younger, and you're like you, your mom's like good night. Your dad's like all right, you know, like yeah, whatever yeah, it yeah. is. And then you got like is that how you remember your dad's like, voice? I feel like we need to examine that. No, he was more like. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually true. I know your dad. Um, and he would put like cough drops under my pillow, which was weird. So once they're gone, and like you put some pillows up, and you like cuddle them, you're like, "This feels good." What? Mm-hmm. You know? And yeah. You're like in the dark. Yeah. I never did that, like, because my brother, we shared a room. Right. But like, let's just say they didn't. Like, <laughs> let's if you're just a say vampire, hypothetically, they did. They even went there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like no humor and no drama was was offline because there there was like there was serious romance and it was it was mm-hmm. presented in a funny way but it was also very sweet. Um yeah, and I think it kind of helped um with my with the harmonies that we started playing with with mm-hmm. Jungle Savior. Whatever yeah. the song, I don't know. I'm not tied to any titles. I like Jungle Savior. I like it. But when you put Jungle Javier up there, I was like, Javier's <laughs> an interesting route. <laughs> that was a joke. We're not going to name it Jungle Javier. Do you know any Javiers? No. No, I don't. What are some like bonkers Chattanooga names that you've heard? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to go there. They might be, they might, they might listen. I don't want to. Oh, so I don't want to do that. You currently do, you have some that you would list? I'll tell you, I'll tell you afterwards. I, yeah. Um, I did hear a story in Chattanooga where someone named their child like they were in the rest the hospital and mm-hmm. they were given the menu and like they were like, Oh, Lamangelo. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I do have a I do have a funny story about uh words and someone who worked um with some uh people on the mountain uh from the Georgia side and they were and they're like, wow, have you really? Yeah, sorry, I'm using some like really like culturally regional yeah. language here, uh, some coded like language here. But anyways, <laughs> they're like, wow, have you like ever had this like salmon recipe? Like this is that's like the dish is like oh, salmon boy. recipe, and they're like, I think you're just looking at a salmon recipe. Oh, and they're like, no, I'm I'm pretty sure it's salmon recipe. No, it's my mom's salmon recipe. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> Wonderful. That person obviously doesn't know technology, so probably won't hear this. You know what names I kind of like, like, but they still kind of make my um, butthole like not to be like explicit, but like they make my butthole tighten. You know those <laughs> types of like feelings, like names like Titus, where it's strong, but I'm also like it's awkward. In that, at some point in that kid's life, they've probably had like a chili bowl haircut. Okay, chili bowl haircuts are great though. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying, dude. <laughs> anyway. Oh, you know what? It's weird. I never really got into the, like, I feel like especially growing up, Chattanooga had this reputation for, like, being, like, in the woods and barefoot and kind of, like. Yeah, well, it still does. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people moved to Chattanooga for outdoor stuff. and But, like, I was really busy with sports, and it's not that I wasn't outside, and I played outside a lot, but I never really started, like, climbing trees and getting dirty mm-hmm. until I, like, <laughs> lived... Uh, until you lived in New York? Until no, you moved to New York? Well, actually, <laughs> until I, three yeah, years ago. I'm, like, dirty. I'm the dirtiest I've ever been right now. <laughs> <laughs> my mind, my heart, my body. Just everything. Yeah, yeah it's all dirt. <laughs> nice. This city is a dump, dude. It's good to know. 
I mean, it's like interview. sometimes I walk outside. I love the city, but yeah. it's very yeah. dirty. It's a dirty place to live. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I walk outside and I breathe in and I'm like expecting to be reset and I'm just kind of deflated. Sure, and I, I understand like, that. Like, is, you've been here. You've been here for a while. Of oxygen. You've been here for a while, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I have. Yep. So uh, you know, my first pers- half nine. I don't know years. Yeah, something like that. So from my perspective, as like a simple Chattanooga boy, come up from the south to the big city, <laughs> uh, is I, I find it like very uh, life life giving. You know, the two things I said I was ex- I was ex- interested in was like food and museums, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, seeing the like Jordan Castile paintings, especially, was just amazing uh to me and having access to that kind of uh like culture is is like life-giving to me and then also just being on uh even whether it's in astoria here or whether it's being you know downtown like there's like so many people you know yeah and and i i don't know if i could do that all the time because there is it's a lot of stories it's a lot of like mm-hmm. you know just to think that like every person you see has a story and like you can see constantly fresh people that you've never seen before all the time every day is is a little bit overwhelming to me it's really overwhelming i think about it a lot like yeah. there are moments where you're just standing in a train an express train will pass you on the middle track and you just see like maybe 800 faces pass you yeah, and, and they all have stories as like train. individual as yourself. And you're yes, and you realize that. And then like if someone happens to like lock eyes with you, chances are they're thinking the same thing. Yeah. It it's it, it is like it is great. I I do I have loved being up here. It's been good. Great. It's been really great. Thank you for like so not just when we're making music, but like just hanging out and the ideas that you 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 contribute to my airspace in my life like i'm very grateful we were talking like about the concept of genius not being a characteristic or an attribute of a person mm-hmm. or even something to aspire to be right but it's it is something that is inherently like it's it's like a character of you it's an aspect of you that comes out like at different points and yeah. whether it's something that is actually outside of you that, that is attached to you and chooses to join or whether it's a part of you and you carry it with you. Thanks for bringing it and kind of upping my game. Oh, well thanks man. I, oh yeah. dude. Well I would finish some like vocal takes and I'm not trying to say like, I think I sound good, but yeah, I, I realized like I'm having fun. Like this is fun. And it's we're not even singing about fun things. This isn't even necessarily a fun thing to sing, right? Like this is challenging. This is hard. I need to focus, but I'm having fun. Yeah, and I think something that that I've learned in, in having kids and you know children change so fast. I mean, I know that's a cliche, but one thing that it really has has like ingrained in me is that you do live your life every day. You know what I'm saying? Like your life is not building up to something like it's right now, you know? And I think that's, that's huge. That's, that's like, it makes me want to work differently. It makes me want to be like, 
it's it's not just about getting this done. It's not about getting it out. It's about like, yeah, you got to make plans, but like you're living your life right now, you know? I feel that from you. Yeah. I mean, I, it's huge. That's, 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 I think that's what everything's trying to get at. Like yoga. Yeah. Like CrossFit, jujitsu, even art, like music making. Yeah. Like we want to deliver something that someone can feel right when they're listening to it. Right. At that moment. Right. And I, and I will push artists, you know, I'll push them hard and I'll make sure that we like work to get things done, even though sometimes it's uncomfortable. But again, it goes back to that. Like, is this like uncomfortable? Like, is this like ruining your, your like life in the moment? Like not like it's going to ruin your life like forever, but like your ego, like your sense of ego. Yeah. Like your, your image of yourself. Like, is this going to ruin what you want the other person to think of you or think you're capable of? Or or is it going to, like, run up against what you thought you were capable of? Yeah. Like, forget about that. Focus on the flow. Yeah. Focus on the relationship that, that's here. Right. Like, it's and like not, kind and of not, like showing gratitude for it. Right. And when you are collaborating in the moment of collaboration, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of, of planning. And we did a lot of planning before this weekend to make yeah. sure that yeah. it was productive. Um, but I feel like that is, that's like analogous to, to working out, you know, hundred percent. that's analogous to like working muscles and having like it be painful in a productive way. And well, then, so for then you we'll, to be able to go to painful places without getting injured. Right. And then once we get together, then it's like, then we can do it in a way that it's like, it's pleasurable because we've spent that time having the like yeah. good kind of pain. Well, the only reason I lift weights is so I don't get hurt in jujitsu. Right. I used to build because it was cool to see myself get bigger and put up bigger numbers, but like that is legit boring to me now. Yeah. And uh, um, so I, I, I like lift weights so that I d- don't have to like, you know, tap to an arm bar that I could escape. Right. Yeah. Type yeah. of thing. And so what I'm saying is like we prepped. So that when we got here, it was like so that automatic. We could put the time in, and we could roll, and we could roll hard. Like mm-hmm. we could, we could just do it. Rolling is what you you do in jujitsu. Yeah, you don't spar because there's no hitting. That's just FYI type of thing. Yeah, let's play a game, and then, other than that, if there's anything else you want to say, do all your shout outs and promos. <laughs> like where to listen to what you to too. listen to and all that stuff i should right yeah we're working together anyways what's what's the oh game? yeah i mean well you'll help me with that because like a lot of my upcoming projects are with you yeah yeah which are is like a whole other podcast episode <laughs> <laughs> um what's this game okay this Bring game it. i'm gonna win it okay you think oh wait now i feel like i'm not going to i don't know man you put that in the air and then you just put that <laughs> in the air you reap what you sow, bro. All right. Stay crispy. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, that's a deep dive. Here's the thing. This game is called Mind Meld. Mind Meld. Okay, Mind Meld. Yeah, I put the, mind the meld in there for you. Yeah, and mind it's meld. a word association game. It's okay. an improv game. All right. So it basically goes, goes like this. I'll say three, two, one. 
we say the first word that comes to our head. Okay. And then we try to see if there's any connection between those words where we could say the same word. Okay. So the next round we'd say three, two, one, and then we try to nail it. We try to meld. Oh so my we'll, gosh. we may start here. I'm raising my hands to like a uh what, a two o'clock? And yeah. then like here, and that's what, like a seven o'clock? What? Oh yeah. Right, from your perspective, yes. Thanks. Oh. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But then three, two, one. Hopefully we do this. We may do this. Okay. Burnt. We may do this. What? We may do this. Burp. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Three, two, one. Sharp. Teeth. What? We are like so close. All right. You ready? We can't communicate. Okay. Three. I got I got something in my head. Can I say can I extend the rules though? I can't. Three, two, one. Shark. Should be red. I was gonna say shark. Oh my gosh. We're so close because he has shark teeth. Three, two, one, grill. Young thug. Oh. Young girl, young thug. Uh okay. All right. Three, two, one. Gold dressing. Whoa, wait, wait, wait. Uh, uh, oh, we can't say a word that we already said, right? Okay, so, all right. Cross dressing R- grill, and gold. Gold and and cross dressing. Uh, um, gold and, uh, gold and cross. Okay, all right. Um, I'm good. Three, two, one. Necklace. Bowie. I was gonna say necklace. That's weird. Oh, wait, that's a good one. We okay. got to trust your gut. I know. Bowie. That is a good one. Necklace is good. Yeah, Bowie and necklace. Okay. Um, um, I'm about to give you a curiosity rebooter. Three, two, one. Makeup. Ragnarok. What? <laughs> okay, I think we get this. You yeah. know, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, okay. Three, two, one. Thor. Thor. Yeah. Hey. hey! Never give up. Yeah. Yeah. Don't waste time. That's right. Crush the moon. Um. Do you want to do another round? Because that was fun. And now that we have an idea, like we could actually. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's fun. Okay. Okay. Because okay. we could also like just cut the episode there. Sure. Actually, no. I'm gonna thank you for being on. So oh. we got to nail this again. Okay. Three, two, one. Yoga. Coffee. Ooh. Mm, okay. All right. All right. Y- yeah. I'm go- I'm ready to go. Three, two, one. Dopamine. Mornings. Mm. Uh, mornings. Dopamine. Is that what it is? Yeah. Mornings. Dopamine. Okay. Three. Two, one. Wake and bake. <laughs> I was gonna say weed. That was like my next. I was oh gonna say yeah. That. So that was, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. A wake and bake and caffeine. Wait, did I say caffeine and you said wake and bake? Yeah. Oh wow, those are like our two methods. Yeah. Those are like it is very personal to us. Okay. <laughs> They're very close. Like the yeah. That's what's cool about mind meld too is that you can see what's going on. Yeah, like under the hood. Yeah. Uh, okay. So wake and bake and caffeine. Um, okay. Wake and baking caffeine. Um, 
three, two, one. Drugs. Hey, hey. we only got three. Yeah, that's that good. That was great. That was um, good okay. What what do you want to promo? What do you want to say? <clears throat> I want to say that play pretend. I don't know when this episode's coming out, but the song with me and Michael, a song with me and Michael, not the one we did this weekend, but one we did a while ago, is coming out March. Holy crap! I don't know why I don't have this right. I should know this. March twelfth. Uh, Oh, well, then this will come out, like, this can come out now. Okay, perfect. Just go to your favorite streaming thing, you know, because we don't need money, and just type in Summer Dregs, and you'll see that me and Michael have done two songs together, Inside Out and Play Pretend. Very fun. Yeah, both uh, songs that I like. Um, Same. Yeah. Uh, I think that, no, then I have lots of other songs coming out. Just follow me on Spotify. You'll be notified when I got new songs coming out. Uh, me and Michael finished two songs this weekend, which will be coming out in 2020 at some point. So Summer Dregs. Yep. You can go to summerdregs.com. Just look up Summer Dregs on Spotify or whatever else you use. I mean, I'm going to be honest. Um, if you enjoy Instagram and if you enjoy like listening to artists... <laughs> or like like or or like engaging with artist life like your instagram is is entertaining without being like like annoying or um oh thank you you know how sometimes you'll see like an instagram you're like all right you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well like i said i i like to have like uh everything you know so like i got like family stuff spaghetti I get, Got spaghetti, Michael's face and spaghetti, which was all the promo oh, yeah. for Inside Whoa. Out. <laughs> weird. Weird how he says spaghetti. All yeah. right. Maybe it's not that weird. Um, Thank you very much. Dude, thank you. Yeah. Come back. Oh, wait, are you telling me to come back or like your yeah. listeners? Well, no. Please, listeners, come back. But also... <laughs> All also, right. subscribe to this podcast. My Instagram is at SummerDregs. Watch uh, out, this flash is about to hit you. Ah, oh, holy sh- You guys dude. need to warn me before you do that. I just did. That film is expensive. Get roasted. Every, I'm gonna have it, my eyes are going to be look, closed. Every, pretty much every picture has turned out okay. There's one where you can't see the dude. But it's all <laughs> good. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, please come back, and then listeners also, if you, if you enjoyed it, come back, please. And yeah, then, yeah. Oh, also, Bro Crisp. That's uh, Michael's that's, moniker. That's how you find me. So Summer Dregs and Bro Crisp. We yeah. both have good things on our own, and with each other, I work with like millions of people. Yeah, but those are like where, where I'm trying to boil it down to right now. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Whoop. This podcast is produced by Rock Rising. Come follow us on Instagram, and if you want to hear more podcasts, visit rockrising.org. Thanks.